0: good for owners and breeders to listen to. Um, it's, it's talking about how we raise our puppies, how puppies should be raised from birth to eight weeks before they go home, how we have such a critical hand in really guiding and shaping our puppies, and how important it is to move them through curriculum that is meaningful and purposeful, but also aligns with their uh, sensitive developmental benchmarks. So that's what we're going to tackle today. Um, let me know you're here. Drop a, drop a note. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Rachel. Watching as we slide into November already, and cooler weather is upon us. Not my favorite time of the year. I don't like it 117 degrees either, but I don't like it cold. So, you know, enjoying the little bit of fall for the little bit of time we have before it gets too cold. Good morning, Denisha. I hope you're feeling better. All right, we're just going to jump in. Those that are watching or joining at, a, at later. Um, this will be on YouTube plus on our podcast as well, so that you can go back and listen to it. We're going to talk about, uh, the proper pacing of puppy curriculum and how it really does have an impact on how our puppies turn out. Of course, we make decisions on the parents we choose and genetic factors are huge in, in temperament and personality as well. But then breeders have a, a, a large hand in continuing to guide and shape those puppies in um, making them be the best they can be and that they can believe in their own abilities. But there is a point, there's a, a, a pacing that we do, a purpose in which we work the puppies um, based on their developmental age. So we're going to start with, of course, <coughs> excuse me, one day old to 14 days old. That's the neonatal um, stage. There's not The only curriculum I would say is we do early neurological stimulation exercises and early scent introduction, both devised by other people, and then our 10-step handling exercise devised by me that we implement starting right away. It starts with initially very, very gentle handling. For the most part, we're supporting the mom. The puppies need their mom more than anybody, not humans. It's not our time to be selfish. Um, It's our time to support the mom and make sure she's She's content. She's well-fed. She feels safe. um, She's well-nourished. You know that all of her needs are being met and above being met so that she can be the best mom. She can be. Puppies thrive with a calm, um, content uh, mom that is just... uh, Doting on them and keeping them clean, simple things as the, the mom licking them constantly to keep them clean um, really does help the development of our puppies. At two weeks old, day 14 to 21, really is the transitional stage. And this is exciting because eyes open. Um, they're able to hear things now for the first time. They realize there's a little bit of a life outside just themselves as as the world literally unfolds as their eyes open and they're starting to hear things because when puppies are born, they they rely on their sense of smell. They they cannot hear and they cannot see anything. Ears are sealed shut, eyes are sealed shut. And so um, they just have their sense of smell and then slowly eyes open and ears uh, open and this whole world is now available to them. But we have to realize as breeders not to overstimulate them or understimulate them at this really, really critical time. So we just do again, mild handling. We do loud noise exposure around day 19 so that it's not too jarring for the system when they do hear loud noises. I think a mistake breeders make is keeping them kind of still under lock and key, quiet in the back room, which is so important through uh, day one to day 14 for the mom. But once we slide into the transitional stage, it's time to make them more part of the family and listening to normal things in the family, in the home, um, <clears throat> getting to smell and, and hear lots of new things and start to see a lot of new things. <clears throat> We're still keeping them in the whelping box um, at this age. This is where they feel safest. This is where you know their mom potentially delivered them. This is where they live and feel the safest. At three weeks old, they, they slide into the awareness Um identification developmental stage and this is really the most exciting because they start vocalizing with purpose they're up on all fours they're able to move front and frontwards and backwards (laughs) they're starting to play and mouth and at this stage alone this is where a lot of breeders get it wrong and uh what we're working so hard the empowered badass breeder community of teaching other breeders. We don't know if we don't know, you know. And there's no stupid question when you don't even know what to ask, and you just think you're doing what's best. And if, uh, it, and I respect that and appreciate that, but we know that we can do better. So at three weeks, we do what's called novelty whelping box exposure. And this is really, really gentle exposure because we're laying the foundation that everything I offer to you, the puppy, everything I offer to you is safe and you can trust me. And I want you to be curious and brave and resilient. But bottom line, I want you to know that anything I present to you or anywhere I take you you can trust me. This is where this critical foundation is laid. So if you do, if breeders are doing too much at this stage, it has detrimental effects. If you're doing nothing at this stage, it has detrimental effects. So the deal is, is getting that right mix of mild whelping box exposure. We're not changing their situation or where they live. I still want that safety Um, This is their safest place. This is a place they've always been. And now we're just going to bring in very safe items for them to explore at their own pace. I don't force anything. Um, if they're having a complete meltdown, we'll bring mom in and we'll take everything out and try the next day. Development is really, really rapid with puppies. They develop so much within a 24-hour period. So every day we're given is, is truly a gift to work with them. So if they're not quite ready one day, we just try it again the next day. We'll bring back in mom if they're all stressed out and have and all have a meltdown. And the instant mama's in there, they're fine. You can even leave the items in there and then all of a sudden it's no big deal. So it's really, it's really beautiful to watch. But if they're feeling brave enough, we just let them explore, smell, climb over, bump into any items we put in there. Um, examples that we do is we don't want anything that's abrasive to the to the senses. So anything spiky, pokey, anything like that that they go up and put their nose on and, and it's it's abrasive. It's a It's not a um, good introduction. (laughs) It's a, you know, uh, hits them the wrong way. They're like, what the heck? Again, we want everything to be safe. We're laying this foundation of trust. I'm not going to give you something that's going to hurt you or startle you too much when all these nerve endings are still forming. So we're not doing wiggle and jiggle things. We're not doing balls that move. We don't want a lot of unpredictability. We just want safe, like a bucket, um, a watermelon, rolled up towels, um, just really mild exposure, a pair of boots that they can smell and climb over as long as they're clean. Of course, you've got to think about what you're bringing into the whelping box. So just finding things that they can explore super, super safe. All right. Now when they hit four weeks old, they move into the socialization period. Now this is the time we need to really take advantage of their natural development and start working them outside the whelping box. But we don't want to do too much too soon either. You can't go from the whelping box to outside. (laughs) You just can't do that to to these puppies. So we're going to move them again, creating trust and respect. Uh, making sure they know they can be resilient. They're adaptable. They're flexible. Everything that's going to be offered to them is going to be fun and they're going to be safe. And and I'm going to reward bravery and curiosity through our empowerment word. Yes, this is our marker word. So even when we start the whelping box novelty items, that curriculum, every time they approach, we say, yes, and we're just saying that meaning, yes, you are brave. Yes, you can trust us. Yes, you can do this. Like we're just cheerleaders, right? We're also there to guide any emotional responses. If one puppy gets too overwhelmed, or we'll remove that one puppy. Uh, again, like I said, if the whole litter isn't ready, then we'll wait till the next day. So we've got our empowerment word, Yes, we've already started using that. Now we're just going to work outside the whelping box, but close. Because I want the same smell of the room and I want the same sounds of the room. I don't want to change their environment completely. We're going to start changing things little by little. And they're just not quite ready yet. So as they they, they move into their fourth week, um, their socialization period, we're going to... We, this is where we work them in the middle of our nursery with fencing And we start bringing in things that are a little more unpredictable, things that may move, tunnels they can crawl through, like they can really engage and do some problem solving rather than just exploring in their environment. At five weeks old, it is now time to start working them in different locations. There's there's different things to think about when working them through curriculum. Uh, to keep in mind. So one of them is sound. What sound are they hearing? We give them lots of different music and movies because, you know, you have to think about it. Jazz music sounds very different from country music which sounds very different from heavy metal music, right? So we expose them to different types of music. The same thing with movies. A child's cartoon sounds very different than a horror movie, very different from a war movie, very different from a rom-com. So playing them different types of movies. We also have tracks for sound um, breeders out there watching, you can get these on um, YouTube. you can get them on Amazon. you can look on apple music there's desensitizing sounds if you've got a new puppy, you can get them as well It's fireworks, airplanes, babies crying, vacuums, crowds cheering, clapping, mm. all like there there's one we have three hundred different sounds now. I know it's not the same as actually hearing it in person, but we're doing the best we can to desensitize as much as possible that there's not an aversion to sight or sound sensitivity. That is one trait that we do test uh, uh, when we do their puppy evaluation at seven weeks, sound and sight sensitivity. And we do, that's not a stable trait. That's an adjustable trait. So we have a hand in um, reducing their sound and sight sensitivity. So doing it in a respectful way, exposing them to as much sound as possible is, is key. Um, then looking at the space, we work them. By five weeks, we want to start working them in different spaces. I have seen too often, and again, it's breeders that have the best intentions and they've done a great job, but it's just not good enough. And, and that's the problem. They've kept them in the same room from birth to eight weeks old. And they have these beautiful setups. They keep the puppies so clean. These puppies are so well-loved. And they, they change the, the um, stimulation and the exercises and they offer them lots of different problem-solving activities. And it's just this enriching, stimulating environment all of the time. There's two problems with that. Number one, puppies never learn to self-soothe. They're not going to go home to a home that's going to entertain them all of the time. So we do put puppies in their little toddler stall and they do learn to self-soothe. And this is quiet time and you will settle because I want to give them the best opportunity to work on those skills of self-soothing so that we don't deal with anxious dogs that uh, become overstimulated and have separation anxiety. So... Um, Space is really important. You have to also make sure you're working them in different spaces. So again, like staying in the same room their, their entire life with you is not teaching them to be flexible and adaptable. It's not giving them enough bravery skills. It's not giving them the opportunity to see um, different spaces. And that really, really is huge when uh, raising puppies. They're good. Like they literally can't live in the same room and then get in a car and go to someone's home and their whole life. The problem is they don't have the nerve strength now. They don't have the nerve strength to handle and manage that kind of change and shift, and that can affect them for the rest of their life. And so really building the nerve strength, that's another one of our 12 traits we test for, is nerve strength. Helping build that resiliency and adaptability, you have to work them in different spaces. Now, you don't always have to change the curriculum because a tunnel in the nursery is different than a tunnel out in the front yard on the grass to them. Puppies are highly situational at this age, So it's best to take advantage of it um, and, and you can just reuse a lot of your curriculum. But moving it in a different space with other different types of curriculum, like the tunnel and balls is different than the tunnel and steps in a different location kind of thing. So really taking advantage of that to increase your chances of really producing flexible, adaptable dogs that have solid nerve strength. The items in which they explore. So this is another uh, thing to keep in mind when working puppies through curriculum. We want lots of different shapes and textures, and even as they get older, five weeks and older, movement like balls move, water bottles are loud and they move. So I'm, I'm incorporating sound and sight sensitivity. They can explore. It also helps them work on coordination and building muscles where they're able to climb on things, climbing over just a little you know, pile up a little bit of wood and they can climb over it. Problem solving skills, especially at six weeks old, we can do educational paths, like a maze for them to figure out. Um, We could do neutral dog exposure, water exposure, kennel exposure, even before six weeks um, car exposure. They're really ready at six weeks old to really start showing them the world by making sure that we continue to vary the space they work um, and the items in which they're looking at and mouthing and exploring and problem solving with. Um, the other thing to think about with curriculum is the footing, the, tac- what, the tactile environment that we're putting them on. So grass, gravel, bricks, cement, um, carpet, great, you know, anything that's just a little more unpredictable unpredictable is, is great. We've got things that are um, they're even they they're for like mainly autistic kids to step on. there's like these stepping stones with different tactile, surfaces and we use those with our puppies so really giving them a lot of opportunity to step on and explore and feel safe on different tactile environments the other one the last one at six weeks or older we we look at overhead awareness um what we're looking for to see which puppies notice it but we're also just exposing uh movement overhead balloons plastic garbage bags we have a big parachute that will really slowly at first and work through desensitizing them, um, that that's not scary to have something overhead. If we then have a family that's looking for, or a couple or a, a human looking for a hunting dog, we really like to see naturally, do they use their nose? One and two, do they have nice overhead awareness? Do they look up? on their own to see what is up above. Not all dogs do that. So think about that with your dog now too. Uh, Do they have good overhead awareness or not? So we're looking at that if we have to place accordingly. But ultimately it's just all puppies should be desensitized to any kind of overhead movement like balloons and and garbage bags. You just take a Walmart garbage bag and just sway it over their head as they're playing and doing their own thing. Again, anytime litter's exhibit as a whole a lot of stress. We just need to adjust, we need to pull back a little bit, bring mom in, get in with them. We really wanna guide emotional responses and never ever end a session where they're stressed or upset. You always have to end it with them feeling good about themselves, having a positive experience, and then meeting our puppy's needs in order. Of course, we do rules, boundaries, and limitations. Um, This is where you eat. This is where you sleep. This is where you can do schoolwork today, right? And then our second need, mental and physical stimulation. We're meeting both of that inside their work environment. And then number three, love and affection. So when they finish on a positive note, now we give, now that they feel like they've they have purpose now that they feel like they've accomplished something they felt proud of themselves they're starting to believe in their own abilities now we give them love and affection we do our 10-step massage our puppy massage they get their sponge bath they get cuddles they get held to our get held close to our heart and our face and our nose and we rock them. Like, and then they go down for their nap in their toddler stall, more of a quiet environment where they learn to self-soothe. They understand it's nap time. All of their needs have been met. And then we start over and repeat, uh, continuing to always meet their needs in order. But it's really, really important that you're moving, you're pacing your curriculum with your puppies that meet these developmental benchmarks. You're not moving too quickly too soon or taking them from the whelping box outside to everything's unpredictable, everything's changed. We have to build that trust we have to build that respect and we have to build that nerve strength and confidence within our puppies and working them every day. We're there to be their cheerleader. We're there to continue to use the gift, the magic of the yes marker word, letting them know, yes, you are brave. Yes, you are okay; Yes, I am here. Yes, you can trust me. This is a gift that is given to new owners. These puppies have been imprinted with this that you can use for the rest of your dog's life. Anytime they look at you like, I don't know, I'm not sure you say yes. They're like, okay, they shake it off and keep going. And that's a beautiful thing to see. So many issues with fears is because it wasn't handled correctly. Um, We had best intentions. We thought by rescuing and taking him from a situation and never exposing him again was the right thing to do. And in fact, it wasn't, it made things worse. You're actually telling your dog that's exactly what they should fear. So Empowered Badass Breeders work their puppies just like I talked about. They've been trained. They have uh, had classes. Um, I've done some in-person training sessions, but really helping them understand that working your puppies alongside their developmental benchmarks and doing it with, with purpose and making sure it's meaningful is really, really empowering. We also offer, I'm just gonna slide this up here, I give examples of like what what is appropriate at what age. Um, This is in our Badass Breeder Guide and on our empowered Badass Breeder um, software. And it just lines things up for you just to kind of keep in mind, you know, from day 28 to 34, here's ideas of things. Um, And you see by week six, we open up everything so they can accomplish more unpredictable environments, continue moving them to different places. And you can stack stress a little bit more, a little bit faster to them as they are growing. Those are all things we're going to look at when we evaluate them at between seven and eight weeks old. So um, it really helped problem solving, using their nose, giving them fun activities. I think it's really important um, that we Offer them the school environment and then end on our terms as well um, so that it's like it, it's its own thing. It's not their living environment. They don't live with in their classroom, essentially, <laughs> just like your kids can't live at school. They need to be able to step away. They've worked hard. They've done what they've needed to do. They've done what I've asked them to do, and then they can de-stress um, and get love and affection and have quiet time and do what they need to do as well, so it, you know, it's it's my big belief that puppies shouldn't be raised in a in an overstimulating uh, environment 24/7. That there should be some downtime for them. I think it's also really important because puppies start to learn they work with and for their human, and it create it helps create that relationship that they're looking to you. What can i do next or what are we going to do next um, and there's that excitement about learning and curiosity that you just don't get if you just leave them in a stimulating environment all the time it has nothing now to do with and for a human it has nothing to do with purpose it has nothing to do with uh, having meaningful connections with your puppies so i think it's it, I, I think i know it is just critical that we offer them this experience in a meaningful purposeful way and they just don't live in this environment, just like us at work. You know, we, we do much better when we can be able to step away and take a break. And then, you know, bringing them in, it's it's done meeting their needs in order. They feel like they, they've accomplished something. They get this pride. Um, and then it's very, very much rewarded. Their bravery, their curiosity is rewarded. So we're setting up that foundation that's not done otherwise. So that's, those are some huge points and marks I wanted to share with you as owners of, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like we're all having fun, which we are having fun, but uh, the, behind the scenes of why we do the curriculum, in which order we do the curriculum and how we move them has now been told. The secret is out <laughs> for you. So if you're looking to buy a puppy um, from somebody else, I highly encourage you to look for an empowered badass breeder. We're going to be listing those breeders that have been certified through us. They've proven they can do this. They've proven they can do the evaluations um, on our badassbreeder.com website. So those that are actually certified through us will be on there. That's coming very, very soon. But just ask. At the end of the day, just ask. Do you do curriculum? How do you do curriculum? Why do you do curriculum? If these answers can't be asked, then, then maybe that's not the breeder to to choose, you know, so really making sure these puppies are being honored and respected. They, they get their puppy evaluation, that they have been empowered through this entire process. And they have been given the opportunity to believe in their own abilities and then honored and respected for those abilities. And that is what is magical. And that is what our dogs deserve. All right. I'm Jeanette with 4E kennels, uh, our healing hearts and changing lives through the power of a dog.